cares? You ever hear somebody blow somebody off by just flippantly saying, who cares? Well, when it comes to cancer and people in difficult health positions, yeah, people do care. And it matters who cares. In our episode today, we're going to talk about caring for those who need to be cared for and how people can step up and do something about it and get the resources to implement care and advocacy for people with cancer and other debilitating health conditions. We're going to be talking with Todd Keats, the website mycarefriends.com. We're going to be talking about how he transitioned his life from California to Florida to care for his parents who's debilitated with some really serious health problems. We're going to talk about caring and the impact it has and the transitions that takes place and the joy in that and the difficulties and the struggles, but how contented it can make us feel. Who cares? I care for one. And my name is Dr. Brad Miller, and I started the Cancer and Comedy podcast because I cared about not only what was happening to me after I was diagnosed with cancer, shooting my own family and friends, and what could I do about it. So I created the Cancer and Comedy podcast, which was a result of my 43 years of ministry, my doctoral degree in transformational leadership, and my love of comedy and podcasting because I like to laugh and I like to lift people up. So if you're ready to be lifted up with a great story about a son who cared deeply about his parents, but how you can be a caretaker too, this is the place for you to be here on the Cancer and Comedy Podcast. So listen on, my friends. Listen on. Cancer got you down? Pretty grim, huh? How about a show that turns the grim into a grin? Way to go. You made it here to the Cancer and Comedy Podcast, the show to lift you up with hope and humor that heals. Hey there, Lifter Uppers. I'm Deb Creer, the co-host of Cancer and Comedy, where our mission is to heal cancer-impacted people through hope and humor, something we like to call turning the grim into a grin. Thank you so much for joining us for our conversation today. We're going to be talking about caretaking for aging parents. This is an episode for anyone whose life has been disrupted with suddenly when they were suddenly cast into the role of caretaker when you had other plans. And let's be honest, many of us are facing those potential challenges. So let's get started. Here is the host of Cancer and Comedy, Dr. Brad Miller. Hey, hey, Deb. Great to be with you as we talk about an important topic here today, and that's caretaking for people with various maladies. But aging parents is one thing. Some of us are kind of in the sandwich generation who have to deal with these type of things. We're kind of basically where you and I are at. And so, but, so that's what we're talking about here today, turning the grim of cancer into the grin of celebrating life. And we do want you to know if you're dealing with a depression or anything regarding the difficulties of dealing with this cancer or any other aspect of being impacted by cancer or any, or any other devastating disease, we, we can be helpful to, to that. Our free course is called Healing Through Hope and Humor. It may be just for you. It involves about 15 minutes a day on an audio. And if you'd like to know more about that, you can go to cancerandcomedy.com slash free. Hey, Deb, you know how, how I like to sometimes start things off with a, with a dad joke or two. So let, let's go. Brace yourself. These are really 
really bad, Deb. These are really bad. So <laughs> brace yourself. What's the difference between a poorly dressed man on a tricycle and a well-dressed man on a bicycle? I don't know. A tire. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one for our uh, topic here today. How do you organize a big event in outer space? I have no idea. Well, you plan it. But I'm bump. I need symbols <laughs> or a drum here, so I get. <laughs> oh man! Well, that's what we're going to be getting in here to, to today, and uh, so we're going to be talking about the new the new reality, Deb, that cancer brings to people upon loved ones who we care for, who care for us. Sometimes we're the one being cared for. You and I are cancer warriors, and we've had our moments when people have cared for us. But we are right. kind of the we're kind of the fortunate ones that. And I know we've had, you know, very big challenges. You and I both have had health-wise. But for the most part, we're functioning, we're doing okay, and we are doing – we've got through some of the worst of it and we're functioning okay. But we've had those times when we've needed care- caretakers in our life. But there are times when we need to be the caretakers or there are caretakers who really need to change their whole lives around. And one of those is where you care for uh, – Aging parents with various health problems and challenges. We care about them. We want to be make sure they're okay. You and I have a lot of experience with our own aging parents. We also have experience around healthcare uh, communities. What do you think, Deb, are some of the challenges that caretakers have when it comes to dealing with people with these circumstances, health-related, cancer, things like that? Well, I think, first of all, caretakers are definitely our unsung heroes. You know, we expect them to take care of us. And, you know, and to completely, as we're going to hear about our guests, disrupt and change their lives. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges is, you know, especially when it's an older person or someone that, you know, we really weren't planning on having to to take care of. That wasn't what we had in our script, right? You know, there were other things that we were planning to do and to, you know, to whatever level it gets disrupted, it can be a huge challenge. And, you know, we have all of these support mechanisms for the patients, for the aging, things like that, but we really don't support the caregivers. And I think that's, you know, definitely something that that our guest today is going to be talking about. Well, let's just tick off a couple of the challenges that that caregivers have. Mm-hmm. There is the emotional stress of dealing that uh, yep. somebody you care about is sick and sick to the point mm-hmm. where they can't care for themselves completely mm-hmm. and they need some help. Mm-hmm. There's the disruption of your time. You know, you you are investing many times a significant amount of time in your life mm-hmm. towards mm-hmm. caretaking and right. There are all kinds of situations that might be driving people to doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. It might be sitting in a hospital room with a hospitalization Mm -hmm. and other things like that. There's financial disruptions. People say have to take off work and things of this nature. And there's dealing with insurance and administrative costs and and, uh, meds and prescriptions and all that good good stuff. And there's certainly, here's the impact in our family dynamics oftentimes. Mm -hmm. So- this is not insignificant. This is an important part of it's the cancer impacted mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. is caring for the for the caretakers. What do you, what do you think are some ways that that people are doing that? We're going to hear some more from our guest here in a minute. But what do you think are some ways that the caretaker can be cared for? We need to ask the caretaker, "How are you doing? 
And, and, and our guest is definitely going to talk about that because like we said, they disrupted their lives. They're angry. They're tired, right? You know, they, they are doing so many things because they might still be a parent. They might still be having to, to do their full-time job and do these other things. So ask them, how can we help you? You know, can we take your parent for an appointment today? Can we get some groceries for you? Can we bring some meals? You know, we, we ask those things of whether it's the cancer patient or whoever, but we don't ask the caregivers, how can we help you? Yeah, we do that and do that for the caregivers yes. as well as for the impacted person, take right. the meals and mm-hmm. things like that. Well, mm-hmm. tell us about our, a little bit about our guest today. Well, our guest today is Todd Keats from MyCareFriends.com, which is the ultimate caregiver and advocate community. MyCareFriends is a free service that provides caregivers and patient advocates a safe, secure environment to connect share and support each other. You know, and and I'm part of it. I love it. I'm just starting to to participate and I think it's a great resource. So again, it's mycarefriends.com. Well, of course, following the interview, you're going to want to stick around for Dr. Brad's bad joke of the day. Yep, folks, he's got more of them. And <laughs> our faith it or break it segment. And of course, our listener lifter stories. Did you know that you can be part of an upcoming episode of Cancer and Comedy with your uplifting story where you talk about crushing cancer with hope and humor? Just go to cancerandcomedy.com slash voice message and tell us your story. We look forward to hearing from our Cancer and Comedy Lifter Uppers. And right now, it's my pleasure to introduce to our Cancer and Comedy uh, audience, Todd Keats. He has the website mycarefriends.com. And the podcast, Caregiving Connections. Here's Todd. Our guest today on Cancer and Comedy is Todd Keats. Todd Keats has the website and the advocacy group, mycarefriends.com. And tell me something good or uplifting or positive or something to put a smile on your face that's happened to you. Uh, I recently did a podcast uh, for Caregiving Insights uh, episode with a former governor of Wisconsin. He cared for his wife for 19 years with Alzheimer's. He was a delight to have on the show. It's good to hear these uplifting moments, and that's really like we like to talk about here in Cancer and Comedy, but it also it comes because people have some challenges in their life, and you were involved in your life was perking along pretty good. Some things happening in your life and your business and your personal life were going along okay. And then some family matters came along that kind of changed your plans a little bit. So tell us a little bit of what happened to you that kind of changed the course and perspective that led you eventually to creating MyCareFriends.com. Sure. So like many people, we have, we have different course changes or pivots. The one that happened in 2018, I was, as you say, living life. And I was in California where I had lived a lot of my adult life, FaceTiming with my mom and saw things weren't good. I came for a visit in Florida and within three weeks, her health just went way down and started with one hospitalization and then 17 hospitalizations in the next 22 months for her. And I never had a chance to ever look about anything else. It was just caregiving and advocating for her. So in that process, it sounded like you, the decision to relocate to, to Florida, to be near her and to, so that's an upheaval right there, isn't it? To up to shift your life where you live and so on and what you were doing. 
It is. Yeah. It, it, I, this is a topic that people ask me about a lot. And it's one that was, it happened. There was never a chance really to consider going back there because every time she'd get out of the hospital, go through rehab, some more tests and so forth, something else would happen. So two and a half, three years later, it was like, okay, I'm here. And then my dad got sick. So you had to then, so you had to do something about that. And so let me ask you, did that period of time when you had to make that transition, that upheaval of time, was there parts about that or some thoughts in your mind that, hey, this does it, this isn't unfair or trying to negotiate any kind of a different situation? Or was it pretty cut and dry that you were moving back and you were going to be invested in your mom and eventually your dad and their health situations? Yeah, there was never a question in my mind that I was going to be here. And they gave me life. They've been wonderful to me throughout my life. And it's the circle of life, in my opinion. So I'm grateful and honored to be able to enable them to live in their home. So part of what you're about then is to help that to happen. So in order for that to happen, what are some of the actions that you took? Obviously, a big one was moving back home. But then you got to get into the kind of the nitty gritty of how you actually do this. How do you manage things? How do you manage healthcare? How do you manage perspective? But what were some of the actions that you took to help facilitate care for your mom and eventually your dad as well? In great part, if not all, I've been the transportation. I've taken on all the roles. At times when I travel, I have a team that I've put together and that can change from time to time that I have covering for me. Take care of making sure they get to appointments, going listening, being there, understanding what's going on to the medication management, especially for my mom, because she has so many, reading test results, calling doctors. I'm not bashful. And that's one of the things that I always talk about in terms of patient advocacy is asking questions. Keep asking and stay on top of stuff. Yeah, because it seems like, and see what your experience is, Todd, that in the medical world, that especially when there's multifaceted issues at hand, and it sounds like with your mother, that is the, the health issues, you have different doctors and, and, and different medical systems even, and it doesn't seem like there's always as good a communication as there could be, and the integration of that is up to the patient and their patient advocate. First of all, do you agree with that statement, and if so, how do you, how have you chosen to navigate? Hey, Todd, what were some of the actions that you took, maybe especially in those initial stages when you're making this transition to be the care uh, to be the caregiver of your mom and your dad? What were some of the actions that you took that made it shift in at how you did life for you and for them? And what were some of the actions that you took to to apply your skills to their lives? I put aside a technology business that I had. And I focused 100% on my mom, taking her to every appointment that was necessary. And there were a lot tracking what tests were being done, talking to the doctors, talking to the nursing staff, scheduling everything, just pretty much staying on top of absolutely everything. It was something that I knew I could do. Did what you needed to do. Did you find that your technology world that you were in, did you find that to be helpful at all and organizational skills or anything else to, to apply to your situation? Yes. As my family would tell you, I, since I was a kid, I've been a list person. So I, I've been a really organized person forever. So I'm just curious in how your life had to shift in terms of your 
career, you, you said you're in technology, you said you had to set that aside. Does that mean you gave up the business or your employment? I just, how did that work out for you? That was a, a technology startup that I co-founded with my dad and my brother. I was CEO of that company and raised capital. We built out the software process. We patented the process. And so I had to put that to the side. And there was really never a thought or time for a thought of what am I going to do with that at this point, in t- at that point in time. For a couple of years, that was my job. Totally okay. 24-7 caretaking, caregiving for my mom and advocating. Yeah. As we talk about serving people in these situations, people who are deal with cancer themselves or the people who care for the people who deal with cancer and other uh, bad health situations, there is advocacy is sometimes impact, often impacted by people's life, their lo- their work, their livelihood, their, their financial circumstances. Those are all factors here. And it sounds like in a way that you had that in a position, at least, as you say, set that aside for the moment and really focus And that's really important to be able to focus there because it takes a lot, doesn't it, Todd? It takes a lot to care for someone who has been impacted by severe health problems. Absolutely. You hear stories about this. You go through life and you hear people dealing with all sorts of illness, cancer certainly being one that's so prevalent. You just don't realize till you're in those shoes what it really takes. And when I say what it takes, not just from the caregiving advocacy component, but the emotional, physical, financial, all the other components that go along with it. it it's intense. Yesterday, my wife had to take my mother-in-law to a medical appointment clear across town. We live in Indianapolis, but basically to get across from where we live to the place the medical facility was at is about an hour drive away, clear across the city. And it was snowing and stuff here yesterday, almost pulling into the parking lot of the facility after going to pick up her mother and doing all that kind of thing. She got a call that the appointment was canceled. So in that process, my wife also had to take time off from work and all kinds of other things that she had to do. And so she wasn't a happy camper when that all happened because life does happen. Whereas planning and setting up your life is a good thing. And yet we also have to be a little bit of crisis management people. You're dealt with the crisis of your parents there and you then ha- you were in a position where you able to do that. And so what I want to talk to you about a little bit is how you deal with some of the emotions of that and how you deal with some of the other aspects of that. So tell me, was one of the things that I think is important is one's inner life, one's mental health, one's spiritual directions, things like this. How did anything along that line, your mental health, your emotional health, spiritual directions, how did any of that come to play into uh, caretaking for, for your mom and your dad? My mental health just has been really solid for a long time, wherever. Okay. In the mid-90s, common experience is you get married, divorced. And during that, I went through a, a, a rough period. Mm-hmm. But I really learned a lot about myself, so much stronger on the other end. I always thought I was strong, but going through that and everything that, that entailed, I came out a lot stronger in all different ways. And so the spiritual side for me, I'm not religious, so to speak. Certainly it was a factor in terms of meditation. And that was something that I really became a part of my life at that point in time. And that was very helpful as I was going through all of this craziness with my Mm -hmm. folks. Yeah. Do you mind sharing a little bit how that manifests itself? Did you have a daily practice of meditation or something along this line or some? I do. It is a daily, every day. And that could be for 
two minutes. It could be for five minutes. It could be for a half hour. It just depends on the day. As long as I get a little bit of it in there. Tell me then a little bit how discipline, that mental and spiritual discipline and through the meditation, how that then becomes um, applicable to your caretaking of your mom and your dad. And then eventually we'll get in how that may be applicable to the services that you offer now. But how's that? And one that in different ways, I can give you some examples. During that craziness with my mom, those 17 hospitalizations, 100 to 150 nights with her in a hospital. And there was a lot of not just okay tests. It's a, it was a lot of movement and craziness. So what I was able to do, that's the beautiful part about having a meditation practice. Even if you don't, and I talk to people all the time, it can simply be just go find a corner, close your eyes, calm your mind. Think of a beautiful beach that you love to enjoy. Think of a mountain you love to hike. Just take those 60 seconds and try to do it. It's amazing what that will do. So during these various um, crises, especially with my mom, that's what I would do. If we were in the hospital, I'd go find a corner away from everybody. I'd find a little room and that's how I would apply it in those moments. Because it can be wear you out to and be taxing on our mental health, all that waiting, all that lingering, in the, whether it's in the hospital room or the waiting room or walking the hallways of a medical facility. That can be a tough time, can't it, to, to, to manage that? Absolutely. Part the waiting, but part also just I was very, at the same time, very hyper-focused on catching up with doctors and nurses and people that I needed to at the, the hospital where she was. And so it, that was more the tiring part. That was the part that was really difficult because I didn't want anything to go by. And, and by being there with her, we avoided a lot of potential issues that I know come up for a lot of people in hospitals. But I, wait a second, why are you doing that test? There's no, can you explain to me why? Yeah. yeah and a part of that though, is that just when you, to apply the meditation, so on, that, that kind of thing, you got to. If especially if you're the eyes and ears for your mom when those uh, doctors come in, and sometimes there's teams of them coming in to the hospital room, you got to be there. And sometimes you can be wait whatever two or three hours, many hours, and if you miss them because you went down to get a, a drink or something, you've missed your two minute window, and that's tough to take, isn't it? Especially if you put a lot of appropriate pressure on yourself to be the eyes and ear. Often concerned. To do just what you said, I'm going to go down to the cafeteria to get a little bite and even bring it back up. And you're just. Yeah, it's uh, amazing uh, that way. I go, my daughter is 37, but when she was born 37 years ago, I, it was many, many hours labor and all that stuff. And yeah, my point is I went down to get a cup of orange juice and came back and it was happening. And I almost missed the birth of my child. Because I was gone for 10 minutes to get an orange juice. But uh, those kind of memories come back. But I also, on the flip side, in recent months, both my mother and my mother-in-law have had extended uh, hospitalizations for weeks at a time. You just got to be there and uh, to listen and to learn, especially if there's anything else going on. When you're sick, it's hard to concentrate for one thing. And in other cases, people have hearing issues and sometimes there's language barriers and things like that. And there's just... Things that you got to do, uh, I think, that you got to do as an advocate. And it sounds like you've really taken that to heart. And the, that's a good thing. Hey, my friend, I just wanted to share with you that uh, here on Cancer and Comedy, we have a special gift for you that's going to help you if you're impacted uh, by cancer in your life and you want to do something about it. 
It's, it's our free course. We call it the HHH or Triple H course, which stands for Healing Through Hope and Humor. It helps you to develop your cancer coping credo a statement that's going to help you get get through that it's a free course just takes you it's a five short sessions it's all audio you can get that free course at cancerandcomedy.com slash free todd tell me about any i'm sorry you were gonna say something there uh, so i i agree completely yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I and i know one comment before we go to the next part, it, it's, I realize that I've been blessed, so to speak, that I, that I'm able to do what I can do for them. And there are a great majority of people who cannot, and we'll talk a little bit later about w- why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. And that just goes to the whole gamut of things, especially I'm come from a career in ministry. And so many of the people I worked with were had proper insurance and so on and the whole bit, but some didn't. Let's do shift to what you do now, how you mentioned you have a career uh, background in technology, and now you focused your energy on your mom and your dad, and uh, you decided to do something about it. And that's how you serve other people now. So tell me a little bit of story about how what you did then led you to develop MyCareFriends.com. I'm going to I'm gonna tie it into, and then my dad, three months after my mom stabilized after he was diagnosed with cancer. And so he was diagnosed with a high-grade bladder cancer, went through initial concurrent round of chemo radiation. It spread. He was told he had a, a year on average, went through an, another round of targeted radiation, chemo. And then the first scan came back and it was clear. And everybody was surprised. The doctor said, this really just doesn't happen. It waited a month or two, had another one, and it confirmed it. You're always not sure. So it was recalibrating life at that point, because at that point I was planning, okay, my dad's got a year left. Let's make sure everything's in place, make sure for my mom, for the family, et cetera. And then when that good news happened, you you really believe it. And you have to start recalibrating life. After the first couple of scans, that's when I started to see light, writing a blog called OneDayOneWeek.com. Then I created a podcast called Caregiving Insights. And I still, I, I realized that during that time, there continued to be clear scans for my dad. And my mom continued to be stable, relatively. They still have a lot going on. But sure. then I saw the bigger opportunity, which was, I want to reach the masses. I want to provide knowledge and know-how. And how do I do that? So because of my background, the technology company, I went to a friend of mine and I said, I have an idea. This is what it is. And it was for mycarefriends.com, which is what launched just this past August of 2023. And she said, yeah, let's, I love this. And I love what to do with it. And on the edge of the desk, it took us. And then I added a couple of longtime friends to the team and yeah, we launched it. It's a community for a free community online for caregivers and patient advocates. And so what's if people go to My Care Friends, what are they going to find? What's the mission? What are you trying to accomplish there? You, you mentioned how it's for these folks, but what are we going to try to get done there? Yeah, so the mission's threefold. First part of the mission is the online community where patient advocates, caregivers, and loved ones, really anybody can go on create a free account. And there are groups and they're both caregiving advocacy groups and also personal interest groups. 
the caregivers, advocates, loved ones can go on and connect with each other. They can share information, resources, and so in any of those. So it could be anything from Alzheimer's to cancer to activities of daily living on the healthcare side of things to fitness, travel, music on the personal interest side of things. Because what I continued to hear over and over from people that I'd come across, the caregivers would say, we want people who understand what we're going through. We yes. want to connect with them. And that, so that's the first part. That's the online community. There's also news and online events there. The second part is to provide programming that provides relevant, timely knowledge and know-how to help people, caregivers, advocates do their job, their responsibilities better. And because there's a lot of misinformation out there, there's a lot of bad information out there. Connections, we are, we're collaborating right now on 12 different programs that we're going to be doing this year in 2024. So it's really exciting. And then the third prong of My Care Friends is to move forward the needle in terms of local, regional, and national National Advisory Council, which we're really excited about. Yeah, lots of fascinating stuff there. It really is, in a way, a one-stop shop for people who are find themselves in this circumstance. They are either sick themselves or they are caregiver on the caregivers. You can have this situation where I could see how other people like medical professionals or mental health professionals could use this as a resource to point their patients or their clients to as a real possibility. Because I think, see what you think, Todd, I think things such as loneliness and isolationism and a sense of being, I'm in this alone and I got to, and I don't have direction. I think there's a lot of that going on, a lot of loneliness, a lot of pain that way. It seems to me like you're trying to provide a service here that can speak to that need as well. Yeah, you're right on point with that. That's, that is at the top of the list for Everybody I've come across in these past almost six years, when I go into the clinic again, which is every week, I'll be going later today, tomorrow with my mom. Yeah. And I talk to people. It's interesting. The loneliness is a really important component to it. They feel alone. So there's feeling alone and loneliness. They're tied together. And But another word is isolated. They feel very isolated. And so when I go into a clinic and I there's people in line or sitting in a waiting area, I will say, typically to the caregiver, I will say, how's it going? And they'll say, my mom or my dad or my sister, or my brother, whatever, they're doing okay. I said, that's great. I said, but I'm asking you, how, yeah. how's it going? Because they're not used to that. Yeah, so right. Instantly, they're like, oh my God, somebody cares about me. And that's amazing. I know that my son, he is a hospice worker, in-home hospice worker. He comes in and to these people's homes primarily and sometimes in healthcare facilities, but he talks to everybody. I've seen him do it because I've, I've been in these places when he's doing it. He talks to everybody, not just the patient he's working on. Staff, they all know him. He's the one telling dumb jokes. That's part of how the kind of a family thing. We like to have fun and to tell dumb jokes and cut up and that kind of stuff. But my point is, he is by far the most requested and popular caregiver in his network by a long shot, because people say, there's Adam coming. We want him. And it's not just the cancer patient or person being served, the hospice situation, but it's the family members who are requesting that because, because of that there. So that's my own personal story. And it sounds like you've had these stories as well, so where people are finding connections here. So tell me a story then, Todd, about how this has worked. 
I'd like to hear a story about how a person or situation has been served by your website or by the services that you offer. It works for the good. When people go on, they'll join a group. Uh, They're looking for information on how do I advocate for a loved one with cancer? How do I, what is the best way to speak with physicians to co-create the experience with your care team? Because that's a really important topic. And so they can go onto the site. They can go into the group. There's different groups. They could go into a group called Perspectives. They can go into the group called Cancer and they start sharing and going, learning from each other. So that. That's the general kind of way that people can go in. And and it looks like you've gathered a pretty good team of people. I noticed on your website, it's not just you and maybe one other person doing this. This is a team of some pretty credentialed people who are providing care here on your website. Is that the case? Yeah, we've been really fortunate in the past four and a half months since the launch. A lot, it, It's really taken a trajectory in ways that is just going like this. I'm grateful people have come to us and asked us, hey, we want to be a part of this. We want to collaborate with you. How can we collaborate? Yeah, for instance, we have um, Dr. Raj Dasgupta, who is based out in Los Angeles. He's um, a leading voice on various topics, one including sleep medicine, sleep health, and also pulmonology, critical care. And we have a new group online called Sleep by Dr. Raj. Mm-hmm. And so we've partnered with him. We're collab- we collaborated with him on a webinar in October. We're collaborating with him here. We I just spoke with him last night. He gave me a call and we're going to be working on some other things. And we're doing that with others that will be launched this year, which I can't share yet. Yeah, but still, cool. This is not a well thought out strategic effort to provide every facet of care to people, the medical side, the emotional side, the places speaking to their isolationism, that that type of thing. And I noticed you even have some products on there and some news and people can go and just research and just be more informed. There's a lot of healthcare facilities and a lot of healthcare providers, but still, in a way, there's not a lot of information about the how to deal with it, how to actually do it. I don't know if that's your experience or not, but I absolutely find that to be the case. And to your point about information, so certainly they can go on the website, share with each other in the communities. They can read the news articles that are relevant that we pull in. Um, They have the the events that are, we curate their online events on all varying topics. And you mentioned the marketplace. They can certainly go into the marketplace. The programs we're developing are on a wide variety of topics, and they're not just going to be the typical delivery of them, meaning we're going to talk about autoimmune diseases. We're focusing, one of the programs is women and autoimmune diseases. It's significant, and there's a lot of issues that come along with that. So we're going to be addressing the issues in terms of pre-diagnosis, diagnosis, and post-diagnosis, and how to handle those. Also, end of life. We're doing a whole, we're going to be doing yes. a whole series on life and grief, planning for it, not just waiting for it to happen. It's how do you handle the conversations before and why it's so important healing mentally, emotionally, spiritually to, to talk about this before it actually happens. And then, as I mentioned, there are 10 other topics that will also. That's awesome. And you're also using a, a podcast to help get the word out about this. So if people go to uh, Caregiving Insights, what kind of things are they going to hear at Caregiving Insights? Is this a, how does this express your mission as well? Yeah, thanks. So Caregiving Insights is a channel on YouTube. It is meant to bring thought leaders on a particular topic or somebody who has a much larger platform than my care friends or myself 
that can reach a larger audience about certain topics. So the couple of weeks ago when we had the governor, uh, former governor of Wisconsin, Martin Schreiber, wonderful man. He cared for his wife for 19 years with Alzheimer's before she passed away a couple of years ago. His insight is incredible. He wrote a book called My Two Elaines. And we talked about the book and his takeaways because he had all these takeaways for people. And it's very much looking at the male side of things, male caregivers of uh, their loved ones who have Alzheimer's. So mm -hmm. that's a unique look at it. Patient programs for pharmaceutical companies. There's all these and trials. How do people get involved? When should they get involved? What should they ask? And so forth. You don't see a lot of that out there. Yeah. And so it's important to help people that way. So those are a couple of examples. Has or how have you seen things like humor or uplifting stories somehow come into play in the healing process or the process to be supportive of caregivers? Is this is there anything you could share with us along this line, humor or uplifting stories or hope-filled stories? I think I can be a really funny guy, but I have to admit, going through this at times, it's really hard oh. to be funny. It's uh, grim. It can be <laughs> grim at times, yes. Yeah. So when is it appropriate to be funny? When is mm. it, how do you deliver it? And, and so that becomes an art. Humor, yes. similar to physical exercise, it helps you release the toxins and the bad energy that's in there when you're going through stuff. I did one episode of Caregiving Insights on comedy, it was comedy and caregiving. And that was with a, a friend of mine in Philadelphia who has organized comedy shows. He works for a nonprofit in the, called Mercy Neighborhood Ministries in Philadelphia. And we chatted about the importance of comedy. And so that's why speaking to you is great because yeah. I definitely agree. It's a really important topic. On that line, tell me about what story that you just remember, either out of your own experience or maybe some of you've talked to that was a humorous or a uplifting story. It's interesting. When you're in the difficult situations, as we mentioned, it's hard to find the humor. But I can remember there was one time with my mom and we had just been at Cleveland Clinic where she gets all of her care here in Florida. We were driving home. And then as we got onto a clover leaf to get on to the rest of the, uh, to get home, we got a call. She had to come back in. She had no immunity. Oh, her yeah. immune system was depleted. We had to get her back to isolation. So we, so I just said that to her and she said, Take the other leaf. and we. Got <laughs> so you just did a loop-de-loop, -loop, as it were, and just turn this car around, right? And just get head on back. Exactly. So that's head on back. Todd, if, if there's a person in that I encounter or that encounters out there who, and I say to them, it sounds like you could use some resources here that you might find at mycarefriends.com. Why should I send them there and what are they going to find and how can you be helpful to that caregiver? or that circumstance that they find themselves in. Sending them to My Care Friends, it's a safe, secure community that they can connect with other like-minded, like-spirited, like-challenged individuals in caregiving and advocacy roles. It's a place where they can call home, they can go mm -hmm. and communicate, they can get information that they need. And then his name is uh, Todd Keats and his site is mycarefriends.com. He also has the YouTube channel, caregiving insights. Todd, thank you for being our guest today on Cancer and Comedy. Oh my gosh, what an interesting journey that Todd talked to us about. You know, several things really struck me, Brad, about that. 
One was that he completely and totally changed his life. You know, he, he closed his company, he moved, you know, and that was a huge challenge and a sacrifice, but one that he was very willing to do. And I think that is, is something that, you know, definitely comes through his story. But, you know, he talked about other things that helped him during this time of caring for his parents. And that's his, you know, being organized. I loved hearing how, you know, he, he was that person who was going to keep everything organized. But then he also realized that he had to take care of his own mental health. And he does that by meditating and doing that every single day. And I just, I found that fascinating that he did that and, and really takes the time to recognize that he needs to help himself as well as helping his parents. Such a good point that you're making there, Deb. I cared for himself in order to care for his parents. I thought it was also a bit of a love story mm -hmm. between uh, Todd and his parents yep. that, uh, you know, not every child parental relationship would go that way, mm -hmm. you know, and obviously he uplifted, uprooted his life from California to Florida and uh, started a, a new career and a new new business that worked in his schedule, so to speak, to uh, to deal with this. Not everybody can do that, of course. People work all kinds of jobs or all kinds of situations in life. And he was fortunate enough to be in that position that he could do that, but he did invest. And I think that's the point I want to make. He invested in those who had invested in him. Right. You know, his parents had invested in him and he was paying it back. Mm -hmm. And he's also paying it back then through the resources that he's compiled. Because I think we're talking about a bit of an overlooked and underserved group of people, the caregivers. Do you agree with that? Oh, most definitely. I mean, you. I know you and I both have have a lot of connections in the uh, healthcare facility world, so we see these folks, don't we? The caregivers. We who do. Are we do. You know, and and we see sometimes just how stressed they are. You know, and and sometimes you're right. They they get forgotten, and and that's one of the things about Todd's organization is you know when you go to the website, he's got all of these different groups. There's so many I couldn't even get through them, um, you know, and, and they're on so many different topics and it's a great place for people to interact and support each other. And I really love that concept. Well, I think it's a needed thing. And let's just to touch on a couple of them. There's kind of categories, if you will. Yep. There's kind of the emotional support, which is kind of the small groups care gives us a little mm -hmm. bit what you do on your right. on your uh, website, uh, helping people to mm -hmm. make a connection with others. But there's also some very pragmatic things mm -hmm. or some products that they have there. Right. There's some things that they have there that can be helpful to help you to have the tools to be an advocate. Mm -hmm you know, for, for the person there. And, uh, there's th those things, uh, there that he has there, mycarefriends.com. And that's sometimes that we spend so much caregivers spend so much time on the phone and other places tracking things down. I know in my family mm -hmm. recently, it's been that way. My mother-in-law is, has some health challenges and my wife has spent a lot of time and all the complications that, but my, my point is, make good use of your time. Mm -hmm. Be efficient and right. more effective mm -hmm. in your caregiving and practical and pragmatic. I think it's important things here. And I think the humor and the storytelling aspect of what we like to do here on uh, cancer and comedy, you can still, to still tell 
great stories and have humor unless you have a connection in a community. Right. So he had these good times with his mom and with his dad and with other people too, and with people who he's developing community with. And that kind of helps us, these resources help us get through difficult times, do they not? and, And we do know just how important humor and laughter is as part of this process. You know, there's, there's obviously, uh, actual physical reasons um, and benefits, but it uh, it helps our mental health. And sometimes it's a little dark humor, right? But you know, sure. other times it's really funny. Um, you know, and and I think that's you know, it, it really does just kind of help us deal with some of these very weighty and challenging issues. Well, let me kind of frame it in this way. I think what Todd did and what we are trying to do here at Cancer Comedy is to release some negativity and replace it with positivity and to then to utilize that in a such such a way that we can kind of change the narrative from one that is doom and gloom and uh, depressing Mm -hmm. to one that is productive. And so Todd did that easily. And I've seen this, you've probably seen it too, where people can get bitter and upset Mm -hmm. and depressed as the caregivers now I'm talking about, mm-hmm. that because of this circumstance, my life is you know on hold because I got to you know take care of mom or dad or whatever it is. He took that and he did something with it by creating this website and the podcast and so on to do something productive with it. And I say, man, way to go, Todd! Right, rock on, man! Right. And we certainly certainly advocate people checking out mycarefriends.com and his podcast, and we'll put links to that at our website at cancerandcomedy.com. Perfect, such great information. Well, folks, now it's time for our cancer and comedy segment, Dr. Brad's Bad Joke of the Day. It seems that Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson actually were avid campers. So they went on a camping trip, and after a good dinner, a bottle of wine, they retired for the night and went off to go go to sleep. And some hours later, Holmes wakes up and nudges his faithful friend, Watson. Look up look up in the sky and tell me what do you see what do you what do you see and Holmes looks up and he says I see I see millions and millions of stars and what do you deduce from that said Sherlock Holmes and Watson pondered for a little bit well astronomically it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets and astrologically, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. And meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. And theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that we are all small and insignificant part of the universe. What does it tell you, Mr. Holmes? Holmes was quiet for a moment, and he says, Watson, you idiot. It tells me somebody has stolen our tent. Well, folks, it is now time for one of my favorite parts, our listener lifter stories, because we love hearing from you and hearing your stories of faith and hope. Did you know that you can tell us your story? Just go to cancerandcomedy.com slash voice message and let us know your story. Our listener lifter upper is Courtney Elmer, cancer survivor from the effortlesslife.co, who talks about overcoming dark places to come to a place of gratitude. The growth that I've experienced to the degree that I have this year hasn't always been the case. Prior to that, there were good moments, 
and there were good seasons. And there was growth that was happening. There were challenges like we all face that would present themselves. And I'd look back and I'd say, oh, that's what I was meant to learn from that. Oh, that was the takeaway I was meant to walk away with, right? And these, these little nudges and these little shifts. But there was also a time in my life prior to that where I wanted to give up. There were moments where I was suicidal, <laughs> where I was depressed, where I didn't know if I had it in me to live another day. And I think having been in those dark places also has given me perspective on the light and on the good in life and on the things that we can choose to be grateful for. Well, lifters, it's time to turn to Dr. Brad's Faith It or Break It segment. In our Faith It or Break It segment for today, I want to talk to you about something I call the great handoff. See, I'm a 65-year-old man. I retired a couple of years ago after 43 years in ministry, but in, in dealing with cancer, which is kind of what we're all about here in Cancer and Comedy. Uh, but I also have other situations to, to deal with. I have uh, uh, my mother is in her mid-80s, as is my mother-in-law, who's in her mid-80s. They happen to live in the same healthcare facility nearby to where I live. But a part of what I end up doing is I end up helping care for their needs, taking them to doctor's appointments, caring for cars and homes and other things like this and transactions. A part of what myself and my wife are involved with, really we're doing a lot of parenting of those who have parented us. This is kind of sandwich generation stuff that many of you who are listening to my voice are familiar with. And I call that sometimes the great handoff, where we are now invested in caring for those who cared for us. And there's there's a great comfort to when that happens, and you don't have to have a sense of uneasiness or discomfort that comes if that is not a cared for thing. If it's cared for and you have comfort, there's some joy in that. There's some peace in that to know that my, even though I've been dealing with cancer, both that my mother and my mother-in-law know that I'm going to be involved in caring for them. There's no question about it. Our our guest today, uh, uh, Todd Keats, made an you know, incredible sacrifice in some people's eyes by moving from California to Florida to care for his aging and ill parents in his Father ended up dying of cancer, and he still cares for his mother, and he created this great community, mycarefriends.com, to extend that care and that comfort to others because many, many people are in this handoff situation. And the easier, the more present that can be, and the more tools that can be involved, the better. Don't you think? And our podcast here is just one of those tools. But in the Bible, there's a situation where I believe the great handoff happened as well. And it was the most gritty, gut-wrenching time in the Bible and in our lives. Many, many of us who call ourselves Christians and believers, it's when Jesus was crucified on the cross. And in John chapter 19, it gives some you know, pretty horrific details about how that happened, how Jesus was sent to the cross and they tore off his clothing and they, uh, the soldiers did, and they gambled for it and they spit on him and they slapped him and they ridiculed him and they yelled at him and they crucified him. But in that, and they put him up, uh, crucified him, between nailing him up on a cross and leaving him to die. And many people abandoned him. But at the foot of the cross, right there, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary, the wife of Clophus, and Mary Magdalene, three women named Mary. And there was another person there 
John was his name. John, who the Bible describes as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And in the midst of all this horrible situation, the grimmest situation possible, Jesus looks down from the cross and he says to these all these people who must have been weeping and in a horrible situation. But he says, woman to his mother, here is your son, looking at John. And to John, his disciple, he said, here is your mother. And the Bible says in John 19th chapter, from that time on, the disciple took her to his home. And I got to believe that the other Marys and other people were involved with caring for Mary, the mother of Jesus. And there was a moment there when Jesus, the human Jesus, was pleased that his mother and comforted to know that his mother was going to be cared for by his friend whom he loved. And that's a good thing. But here's the thing. I want you to get grasp a hold of this more than anything else. It did, that couldn't have happened if they couldn't hear his voice. That is, the three Marys and John were there. They were present at the grimmest, most horrible moment, and they were there for the great handoff to take place of the transition from care be, to being the caregiver to be the care re- uh, receiver from, from Mary. And that's a great, good thing. And I hope that we'll keep that in mind moving forward, that these transitions take place all the time. And the idea here is to be present to receive the handoff or to give the handoff. And know that in that comfort, in that giving of comfort, there is peace and there is joy. And that's a good thing. That's our faith it or break it moment. Well, Lifter Uppers, it's time to wind down this episode of the Cancer and Comedy Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Do you know that we like to call folks like you who follow Cancer and Comedy Lifter Uppers, or Lifters for short, because Cancer and Comedy is all about telling uplifting stories of people like you who are kicking cancer's butt with healing through hope and humor. You can join those of us who are turning the grim into grins by telling us your uplifting story. Just go to cancerandcomedy.com slash voice message. Well, that's it for now. Please join us next time on Cancer and Comedy. If you liked what you hear, please pass this podcast on to someone in your life who needs to turn their grim into a groom. For Dr. Brad Miller, I'm Deb Creer reminding you that a cheerful heart is good medicine. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Cancer and Comedy Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Make sure you visit our website, cancerandcomedy.com where you can follow the show and get our newsletter. Like what you hear? Then tell a friend about Cancer and Comedy, the show that lifts your spirits with hope and humor that heals. Until next time, keep turning the grim into a grin. <laughs>